You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Giants Double Play, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Jamie Hu, the Chronicles assistant sports editor, and I'm joined as always by our Giants beat writer, Henry Shulman. Hey Henry, thanks for joining us again on Giants Double Play. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. It's a beautiful day here in Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, land of Wawa and cheesecakes. You got to go to place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you have to explain to people who haven't been to the East Coast that Wawa is kind of like a really fancy 7-Eleven where they uh, make sandwiches and uh, that, you know, fresh and uh, it's sort of, it's like 7-Eleven on steroids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I miss that. I, I think that's the biggest thing I miss about not traveling on a beat anymore is that all the regional kind of uh, stores and, and uh, cuisines that you get. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call anything out of Wawa cuisine, but uh, it is interesting when you go into the Wawa in downtown Philly at about one thirty in the morning after you come out of the uh, uh, library and, uh, you know, try and get something to eat. It's uh, some, some really interesting people in there. You got to go to Cheesesteak Place? I do. It's called Delisandro's, and it's in the Roxborough neighborhood uh, north of uh, downtown Philadelphia, and uh, I think I have a road trip there coming up tomorrow. Excellent. With Cheese Whiz? What's your, what's your order? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sacrilege? I, my, order, my order is a simple uh, provolone without. That's all you have to say. You just go up and say provolone without. Which uh, means yeah. cheesesteak made with provolone cheese and no grilled onions. It's, and it's that simple. It's a joyous gut bomb. <laughs> it is. All right. Uh, well, I'm glad to see that you're in good spirits. Um, I think it's been about a couple weeks since the last time we chatted with you, um, and the Giants are on their first kind of extended East Coast road trip. You were just in Atlanta, you're in Philly now, and then off to Pittsburgh before uh, the Giants come back home. And, wow, what a difference these kind of last two two and a half weeks have been. It was gloom and doom with injuries, and even though the injuries have, in a sense, mounted for the Giants, this is a team that's won 12 out of their last 16. Uh, what, what's your take on it? Well, I, I think what's happened is that guys who are professional veteran hitters started hitting. Mm. A lot of times, older hitters take longer to get going, and the Giants have pretty much nothing but older hitters, as we've seen. And uh, a couple of guys who came uh, from other teams, McCutcheon and Longoria specifically, Austin Jackson as well. And it just took them a while to sort of get going individually and as a team. And uh, really what started it was Mac Williamson coming up, and he put a jolt into the offense with those three home runs. And, you know, then the fourth game, he, he whacked his head on the wall, tripping over the bullpen mounds. And he's uh, been on concussion uh, list uh, ever since. And, there's really no sign he's coming back anytime soon, but um, it, it did invigorate the offense. And then you had some of these guys like McCutcheon, Longoria, Belt, Crawford, uh, 
they they've really hit the ball well. Um, uh, they they got a, a big lift from Alan Hansen, who's a, a 25 year old uh, former Pirate top prospect who came up here when Joe Panic got hurt, and he's injected some life into this team. So they they have found different ways to score runs, and they've added about 60 or 70 points to their batting with runners in scoring position. Uh, they in the opener in Philadelphia here, they I mean they lost 11 to nothing. Uh, they faced a pitcher who had thrown him five perfect innings in his last start, who's really kind of on a roll. And uh, as we record this, uh, they have a tough one Tuesday night against Aaron Nola, who has the sixth-best uh, ERA in the National League. So uh, they'll be challenged to keep it going, but you just feel better every day watching them that they will have uh, opportunities to score that they would cash in. Right. It's almost, you know, obviously they haven't they haven't lost a lot of games lately, but but the the ones that they have lost have have uh, have been kind of drubbings. Is that a little bit easier to turn the page on? OK, we you know, I think Bochy said last night. Yeah, nobody we didn't play well, but, you know, uh, we got that out of our system. You know, we're, we can move on forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, but you don't want too many of those, but it is kind of funny. I mean, I think the stat that I dug out I had in the paper was that. Uh, They've actually, I think their their run is 12 wins in the last 17 games now, and in the five losses, they've given up a third of their runs for the entire season, hmm. uh, just about 48 out of uh, 151 runs. So I mean, they, they they lost the game 15 to two. They lost another game 15 to six. Last night, 11 to nothing. Uh, but they've been winning the other games, and uh, that's the you know people remember the '97 Giants. That was a team that won the National League West while getting outscored for the season. And uh, that's what this reminds everybody of. Right. Um, Madison Bumgarner um, seemingly on the path back. What's the latest with him? Well, he's just now starting. He just started to pick up a baseball and play catch, uh, at least officially, uh, on um, the first day of the road trip, which was Friday. And he was thrown from about 60 feet. Uh, Yesterday, I believe, he threw from about 90 feet. And uh, that's going to just progress to the point where he can then get on a mound. Mm-hmm. And he still has a long way to go. I mean, uh, he has to be able to uh, practice off a mound. Then he has to maybe face some, uh, like do a full bullpen, face some live hitters, mm-hmm. uh, and then go down and really do spring training all over again, maybe get four or five rehab starts. So, I mean, uh, the best case there is, uh, I mean, if he really, really pushed it, maybe about uh, four to five weeks from now, maybe closer to five could be six uh, uh, you know he's he's realistic about it I mean, he he's not exactly uh, I mean he's not chomping at the bit he's not like trying to get ahead of uh, what the the medical staff wants for him uh, because he, he understands that you know it's the process I mean we've seen what happened when they rushed Jeff Samarja back it hasn't been good exactly so uh, you know if, it, if we see Bumgarner uh, around uh, you know June 5th I would say maybe uh, June 5th to June 10th and that you know that that would be about right. Okay, um, one uh, starter we we didn't anticipate um, uh, on the injured list was uh, Johnny Cueto, and uh, I suppose it's in a strange position to say that the the news is good, even though he's going to be out for a bit. Yeah, I, the I mean we all thought that he was headed for Tommy John surgery. Uh, he thought he might be headed for Tommy John surgery. You know the story I wrote in the paper, uh, in Tuesday's paper. You know he has talked to teammates who said. He was really afraid. If you have Tommy John, you're going to lose more than a year. And then he went to see Dr. Andrews in uh, Florida uh, yesterday, and uh, Dr. Andrews looked at the, the MRI and examined him and said, yes, you do have a tear of the UCL, but it's not significant enough where 
uh, we can we just want to recommend surgery now without you trying to rehabilitate it. So they're going to try and rehabilitate it. It's a six to eight week process before he can get back on the mound. And Buster Posey, um, in my story, uh, he uh, added the proper cautionary note, which was that you know the, these things heal differently, and and uh, you know a lot of times it doesn't work. Uh, a lot of guys try to rehab torn UCLs. And uh, they they work their way back, and then ultimately they need decide they need to have the surgery anyway. So for now, it's good news, and you're talking about getting him back maybe uh, maybe before the All Star break. Right. Um, by the way, uh, I, I want to give our listeners here uh, some insight into the way that kind of stories evolve over the day, and uh, the Cueto, um, you know, possibly needing. Tommy John surgery was a great example of this. Uh, you know, you had a great line in your story that evolved, and I, I don't, I don't know if our readers know this, but you started out by saying nobody goes to see Dr. Andrews, who's the noted Tommy John specialist, to talk about fishing, uh, and then I believe it was to talk about spin rates, and I think where you ended up at was something entirely different as well. But it was just, it was funny to to watch <laughs> that evolve during the day. Well, yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for pointing out my ADD. To I can't. <laughs> I can't just go with one version of a story. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I was i was trying to be a little funny, uh, very little funny in the beginning. Uh, but, you know, as, as the day went on, I, I realized that uh, I think the most important way I could put it was that if you go see Dr. Andrews, uh, it's going to be about something serious. And part of the problem was that the team would not tell us it was the UCL, um, the ulnar collateral ligament, mm-hmm. which is the Tommy John. They wouldn't even say that. Uh, they really withheld information completely about what kind of injury he had. So my challenge was, and I knew what the issue was, but they didn't say it. So my challenge was to sort of let the world know that's what we were talking about uh, without actually without actually saying it. Uh, because, you know, on the off chance that you're wrong, you hate to have gone on the record and say that, uh, you know, he has a UCL injury. Uh, so uh, I think by saying you don't go to see Dr. Andrews about inflammation, I thought that was the best way I could put it to let people know. And people know. I mean, the, the real fans know. I mean, exactly. fans understand. If you go to see Dr. James Andrews, it's it's probably because you're going to face Tommy John surgery. Absolutely. Um, and so the, the Giants rotation has uh, has been a question mark, obviously, since um, uh, from the start uh, with Bumgarner getting hurt. Um, now Cueto is going to be out for a while. We have uh, Suarez and Ty Block back in the rotation. Um, an interesting name has popped up uh, out of New York and uh, the Mets situation with Matt Harvey. Um, where do you think that the uh, Giants um, sit in this, this Matt Harvey um, saga? Well, I would say they're right in the middle of it. And I mean, just to give a little bit of background, I mean, this is a guy who was an all-star pitcher uh, who ended up having to have Tommy John surgery himself. And he had a couple of other injuries. He had to have surgery for, uh, to, you know, thoracic outlet surgery because he had a nerve that was being compressed. And, you know, he, he just hasn't been the same pitcher since. He's been trying to work his way back. Uh, and uh, you know, this year he uh, it's really, really been really bad, and that's uh, put him in the bullpen. They wanted him to go down to, to the minors, and you know they've also had issues with his uh, attitude. Uh, he's he's a he's a big party guy. Uh, he is uh, you know they kind of a loner in the clubhouse, uh, and uh, you know they just decided they had enough, and they decided that they were going to designate him for assignment. So now they're trying to trade him, uh, and uh, they have a few days to try and trade him, and if they can maybe uh, get some of the money, some team to pick up some of the money left on his contract, which is 
total is about four and a half million right now, and get maybe a prospect back, they'll do it. And the Giants are talking to the Mets. Um, but uh, you know, the, the ideal situation is that nobody trades for him. He becomes a free agent, uh, and then the Giants can sign him for the prorated share of the minimum, just like they did with Pablo Sandoval. Um, and uh, the problem is, and I, I've just been writing this right uh, when we started the podcast, um, is that uh, what the Mets really need right now is a catcher. That's their their biggest need. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Giants just don't have catchers to give away. They uh, There are other teams that have three major league catchers on the, on the roster. They have a guy who's major league ready at uh, AAA, and the Giants really don't have that. And it's hard to imagine that they will trade Nick Hundley to the Mets for Matt Harvey because, I mean, the Giants have seen uh, firsthand uh, how bad it is when they sit Buster Posey and put a catcher in the lineup who uh, can't hit. Um, you're taking out your, your cleanup hitter. So, I mean, Hundley has been a godsend for this organization. They signed Ryan Hannigan, uh, a veteran catcher, and gave him a triple-A deal. Uh, but that was mostly because Hector Sanchez has a concussion. So unless the Mets um, are willing to pick up most of the salary, and if they do that, they're going to want a good prospect in return, and that's the kind of trade I could imagine. Um, but there are other teams involved, and frankly, Scott Boris, who's Matt Harvey's agent, uh, he is active trying to find good fits for his client. That's what a good agent does. He, he would like to put Harvey in the best position to succeed this year because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, uh, Scott wants uh, Harvey to be able to go somewhere where he, he can put up wins and uh, raise his market value, and the Giants are a good place for that. I think that they would love to see uh, Scott Morris and Matt Harvey would love to uh, you know come to San Francisco. But uh, they have to wait out this process to see if uh, – they can strike a deal or, or maybe sign them as a free agent. Right. Um, let's talk about a little bit about surprises. Um, Alan Hansen um, probably uh, is right up there. Um, is this? Did he just manage to to fly under the radar until now? He spent a couple seasons in Pittsburgh, um, so he, he's had a taste of the big leagues. But um, I, you know, it, it, and I'll, I will admit, it, I, I don't know a ton about him. Well, I mean, I think you, if you could just look at his numbers on BaseballReference.com or MLB.com from his time in the majors, you can see what the issue is. He hasn't hit. Uh, he's a very athletic player, but he, you know, he has been—he's a very unpolished player. Uh, you could see that a little bit defensively. You could see it a little bit with some of his decision making on the bases. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it's a situation where he was a very, very big prospect in Pittsburgh, and as he struggled to hit uh, along the way, when he was given major league opportunities. Other people in the organization passed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he was a great pickup for the Giants because he's a he's a five tool type player. I'm not going to call him a five tool player because Willie Mays was a five tool player, um, but he's the five tool type. I mean, he has the he, he has ability to hit. He can hit for power. Um, he has good arm. He's shown that he has the potential to be a good fielder, and he has blazing speed as we've seen. So. Uh, this is something the Giants need. I mean, they don't have these kind of players that in the majors. Nowhere, nobody in the minors who's close to ready to be like that. So I think they're going to give him a long look, but I think we have to be cautious about some of the things he's done and what's just what a week's worth of games. Sample um, size, you know, right? <laughs> sample, si- sample size is huge. But right now, for the moment, um, he's been a godsend for them. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to continue to start at second base against all the right-handed pitchers, and we're seeing a lot of them right now. Kelby's going to be on the bench, uh, maybe facing lefties. They don't have a lefty uh, anywhere on the near horizon that I can tell, at least not here in Philadelphia. 
Um, so just, you know, uh, enjoy them while you have them. And, uh, you know, and if panic comes back, or when panic comes back, and if Hanson is still uh, showing that kind of uh, uh, success at the plate, uh, maybe fielding a little better. I mean, he might be a guy who can stick around here as a utility player, and that's really why they signed him to a minor league contract in the first place. Right. Well, we're talking about a numbers game. Um, how, how long do you do you see them going continually, or continuing down the path with four outfielders and 13 pitchers? Well, I think at least, in, uh, well, my guess is at least through this road trip, uh, now that uh, as, as we're taping this, the Giants announced that uh, they had optioned D.J. Snelton the left-handed rookie reliever down to AAA. Um, the uh, belief is they have not announced, as we're taking this again, who the replacement is going to be. We assume it's going to be another pitcher because uh, you know, have Derek Holland going uh, on Tuesday night here. He has not given the Giants length. Uh, they, uh, you know, Maranta pitched an inning yesterday. Uh, Pierce Johnson pitched an inning. Snelton threw 54 pitches. That's why he's probably out. Um, so I think at least at least while they're on the road. Um, you know, they, they probably will, will stick with 13 pitchers. Uh, now, now if they get home, it's a little different. They pitch a little better at home. Uh, and uh, they you know, have a series against the Rockies coming up, and the Rockies are tough. But I think you can take more of a chance. Uh, and as long as they're hitting, um, it doesn't seem like there's an absolute need to go get another outfielder because Hanson can actually play out there. Uh, they actually, Bochy's actually stuck him out there a couple of times. And uh, Brandon Bell can always play left field. In a pinch, so um, I, I, I and I want to watch them actually call up an outfielder, you know, like right now. But I, I don't see it at least for the next uh, six games. Right. Um, that reminds me. The but in between uh, recordings of our podcast here, we we missed one of the highlights of the Giants' season so far, which was Pablo Sandoval getting the chance to pitch. I mean, just what was the what was the atmosphere out there like? When that happened. Oh, I mean, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, it was it was something that you know, <laughs> managers love to to be able to do that in these situations because, I mean, everybody in the dugout is down, the crowd is down, and it really it, it, everyone has so much fun when that happens. It really did uplift the team. Yeah. And then the next day they went out and had a big win. And uh, I remember talking to Nick Hundley the day after, and you know, he said, "I, I really do think that the uh, that we can." Uh, attribute part of this win today to uh, as a carryover to what happened in the dugout the day before when Pablo went out and pitched. And, of course, he just shocked the heck out of everybody. I mean, every single person in that stadium, including everybody who's employed by the Giants, were completely shocked that he was able to pitch as well as he did. Um, and uh, I think we'll see it again. Uh, I think Bochy has said, it, you know, and last night I think he probably would have pitched an inning last night if he hadn't been used as a pitch hitter early in the game. Uh, it just it was just yeah I just big smiles all around and that that was so good to see um, another um, a reunion coming up um, you're headed to Pittsburgh uh, after the Philly series which means um, Andrew McCutcheon um, going back to his longtime team as well as um, Tony Watson um, what kind of reception do you um, expect there for McCutcheon who is by all I think accounts just a, a beloved guy there. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Alan Anson's return to Pittsburgh. Um, no, I, I mean, it's going to be amazing because they love him there. Uh, they weren't mad at him, obviously. I mean, right. it wasn't his choice to, it wasn't his choice to be traded. Uh, uh, and uh, they're, they're actually going to be doing, uh, the, uh, the Pirates are going to be doing a press conference with McCutcheon before Friday's game. We hope to talk to McCutcheon before we get to Pittsburgh just to get his uh, emotions about about going back. Uh, that'll probably happen on Wednesday. Um, and, uh, it'll, it'll, I mean, it'll, it'll be absolutely huge. And, and I think uh, 
he has to be happy that he's finally started to hit. And he's been really, uh, he's been one of the hottest hitters lately. He had a great series in Atlanta. Even last night, he hit a couple of balls hard, got a hit. Um, and, I mean, if he was hitting uh, 198 or 204, whatever it was that he was hitting for about the first four weeks of the season, mm-hmm. I think it would have weighed on him a little bit more. But now he has a chance to, to go in there and, and to be more of the, the, the hitter that he always was in Pittsburgh and um, I think it'll be very emotional for him, very emotional for the fans, because, I mean, they lost really the, one of their true icons of the franchise. Right. Um, hey, the, the la- let's uh, lastly, I just want to touch on um, kind of the injuries uh, around the league, especially the NL West, especially with the Dodgers. Is this um, – obviously – Injuries always play a role every season, um, but is this kind of is this kind of something else that you've seen uh, at the start of the season? Well, it's not. I mean, this, it's not unprecedented. Uh, I mean, I've seen it before. Uh, it is kind of odd that it's hitting one division harder right. than the other. Uh, I, you know, I think some of it is just luck. I mean, bad luck uh, catching up to just teams that have been relatively healthy. Um, I think some of it, especially with the pitchers, uh, frankly, is. I mean, it, velocity is a big deal now. And um, I think that uh, with velocity comes the greater risk of injury. And, uh, you know, for, and then if you look at individually, I mean, uh, a guy like Clayton Kershaw, I mean, he's pitched how many hundreds of innings has he pitched? How many postseason innings has he pitched? You know, he's getting up there in years, and it's not unusual for him to get some, some issue like that. And then, you know, they, they of course, uh, had an injury to Rich Hill. They had an injury to Tom Kohler, who they signed to sort of replace Brandon Morrow as their setup man. Turner got his hand broken. Well, that's, you know, just sort of luck of the draw. He was hit by a pitch. You know, Seeger had, uh, now that's a weird one. Yeah. Seeger got uh, Tommy John surgery, which you don't see very often from position players. And uh, and on down the line, and, you know, as Bochy always says, you just have to plow through it, and that's why you have organizational depth. And so far with the Giants, the Giants' depth has been able to more than keep them afloat. Now, how long that will continue um, I don't know. It would be very helpful for them to start getting their players back. I think the first guy you'll see back is probably Melanson uh, because he's he's due off the disabled list 25th, and, and he is ahead. And um, he's already throwing bullpens, and uh, we could see him back, which would be a lift to the, the bullpen. And, you know, then, then you start to talk about Bumgarner and panic. And it's just it's going to be like a whole bunch of trades. It's going to be like a whole bunch of midseason trades to get these these players back, uh, uh, but there there isn't anyone who's just like right around the corner. Uh, Mac goes for Mac Williamson and Hunter Pence too. They both had setbacks. Uh, Mac uh, that concussion just hasn't gone away. He flew ahead to Pittsburgh to get uh, examined by the top specialist in concussions there. The guy who created the concussion protocol is in the University of Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know Pence, uh, I mean he's had this thumb injury, and I I frankly don't know how much of this is. Uh, his thumb still being sore, and how much of it is, you know, we don't really have a spot for you. So uh, they paused his uh, rehab assignment because of so, so-called so uh, recurrence of pain. So uh, there's really nobody who's, like, on the verge of coming back. But if we talk about two, three weeks from now, there will be. Right, right. So for the entire, um, if, you, if you're looking at the division, then it's a stay, in, stay in the race for now. And then, like you said, you're uh, a lot of teams looking at some big pick-me-ups. Um, yeah, come, yeah. Come uh, and, you know. I mean, the, the the bad news for everyone in the division is that Arizona's gotten off to a great start, and they've been relatively healthy. I mean, they've lost their third baseman, Jake Lamb, but Daniel Descalso has done a tremendous job 
replacing him. And uh, I mean, their their rotation uh, is healthy. Their their lineup is basically healthy outside of uh, a Lamb and uh, Steven Souza, whom I believe has come back, a big power hitting right fielder they got from Tampa in the offseason. Uh, so uh, the, it, it's not just going to be kind of hovering around 500. You got to play well enough to keep the Diamondbacks from running away from you. Right, right. Well, then you turn to the wild card, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, it's still early. Uh, they'll be at, uh, I think, the roughly the 40-game mark. Is that correct? After, yeah, after the, this road trip? Yeah. At the end of the season, um, I'm sorry, at the end of the season, at the end of this road trip, they will have played 41 games. And uh, as I've told you ad nauseum to the point where you said, shut the heck up, Henry. <laughs> to me, 40 games is the starting point where you, the first point where you can really look at what you have seen and, and look ahead and say, okay, this is what we can say about the team. And uh, uh, I plan maybe for the uh, Monday paper uh, after the, for the last game of the trip, maybe sort of an analysis on um, where they've been after 40 games. Well, that's great. We look forward to uh, reading that and uh, getting a chance to uh, podcast with you again when you are back here in San Francisco. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks a lot, Henry, as always. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Horns of Jericho by Lucas Pern and Miloslav Kolar, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. This show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Giants coverage, you can follow Henry on Twitter at Hank Schulman and me at Janie underscore who. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. <laughs>